Welcome to the Patron Drive. This is another special bonus episode to thank you for listening and to tell you all about our special Patreon. It's our annual Patron Drive, so when you become a Tizitor, that's my special name for people who join the Patreon. Tizit is, the internet says it's true, it's the acronym, so Tizitor, like Visitor, Tizitor. I don't know if you all got that before, but anyway, that's my special name for people who join the Patreon, supporters of this show. You get episodes ad-free and uh, early, special bonuses like... Every week when I do the ep- uh, the interview part of the episode of The Internet Says It's True, you can see the video of that. You can actually watch the person, um, and there's a lot of stuff before and after what you hear on the episode that you get to see on Patreon. Also, when you join, I'm going to send you stuff in the mail, like stickers, and sometimes I send drink koozies and things like that. So if you join at the producer level, that's $10 or more, you get more bonuses. This week I've had some crazy awesome shows up in New England, and I've been uploading the full-length videos of my magic performances Uh, for those gold level members, the producer level members. One of the fun things you get when you join Patreon, and you can join for just a dollar a month if you want, is access to watch the web series I did during the pandemic. It's called Joke Story Trick. So every week I created a new live stream show with a special guest and live streamed it on the internet for people to watch. We told jokes, did magic tricks. I taught some magic tricks, covered fun offbeat news stories that I called stupid news. And we had a different guest tell a story every week. So it's those stories that I've collected here during this special Patron Drive episode. So if you enjoy these stories you're about to hear, there's so much more available on Patreon. 60 episodes total. Go to patreon.com slash michaelkent to join today. It's a special Patron Drive, so now's the time to join. It's patreon.com slash michaelkent. Our first story today comes from Dan Wilbur, who's a comedian and a regular guest of the pod. When he came on Joke Story Trick in the height of the pandemic, we talked a little bit about, you know, the state of the world during that time and also the difference between living in upstate New York and New York City. Everyone, this is the year that wasn't. I have not seen any friends or people or that's not true. I I do know my the lady at the post office. We talk. Um, We actually go on the same (laughs) jogging route. We're out of stuff to talk about. It's like a bad marriage. She's done. She doesn't want to see me. She averts her eyes from me. So I just wanted to tell you a fun story about uh, uh, being upstate and uh, being in New York, because those are the only places that I've gone. I've I've successfully driven my car, double masked, um, peeing on the side of the highway, packing my own, you know, lunch for uh, my fiance and my dog. Uh, They eat the same thing. (laughs) It's upsetting. I uh, so I have driven into Brooklyn, no public transit. I've gone back to Brooklyn and I've been upstate. I miss New York like you wouldn't believe. Uh, and I just wanted to give you a sense of what it's like to be out of New York for this long in like a rural community. Um, I'm starting to miss things from New York City that I didn't even like about <laughs> New York City. Like one time I was in a coffee shop and there was only one seat open. It was next to this guy and I sat down next to him. I was like, what the heck? You know, crowded city. And I sat down and he immediately started reading me his poetry <laughs> unsolicited. <laughs> and I remember at the time just being like, Ugh, this is awful. But now I would give anything to be next to that man again so I could stab him. <laughs> and um, so to give you a sense of where I am now, that's that's the Brooklyn I knew. I, I came up to uh, near Buffalo, New York. That's where I am out in the woods. And just to give you a sense of maybe uh, how out of touch this place is, 
about a month into the quarantine, as they were calling it back then. Now they call it just co- we're all <laughs> COVID. They just yeah. call it COVID. The we're world like, yeah, as the it is. Yeah. They call, yeah, they call it now more than ever. Um, before that, when we were all scared that if we even made eye contact with someone, they would die. A woman knocked on my door and my dog's barking. And, I, you know, we're out in the middle of nowhere. So I was like, this is we are in trouble. Like this person is about to tell us that her husband is dying and I need to drive him to the hospital because she is also sick or something like we're about to catch it. This is really bad. And so I opened my door. I put a mask on. And she goes, yeah, I was just wondering who redid your porch. And I was like, this is, <laughs> there's a war on, lady. That's what I didn't say to her. I, I gave her the number for the person who redid the porch. So that was very nice of her uh, to come in. I have, I made a new friend. So, so I go back to New York after months of being up here. I'm in Brooklyn. I'm talking on the phone. I, I use my headphones to, to talk on the phone. Uh, a little hands free. You know, I like to treat myself and uh, this brand new, a guy on a Revel scooter beeped at me on the sidewalk. And if you know anything about New York, you're not supposed to be riding anything on the sidewalk. And this is like a motorcycle or like a moped. Yeah. And he like dragged over the back of my foot and I turned around and I forgot that what you're supposed to do in New York when there's a confrontation is look at the ground and just sort of grumble and be like, I can't believe this guy. I just can't believe it. And then you take all that anger and you lay it on your significant other, or your roommate, when you get home, and you let them deal with it. You let them uh, handle your own, your emotional baggage. But instead, I turned around and I said, hey, what the hell? And he looked me in the face and he was like, you want to fight? Do you <laughs> oh, want no. to fight? Like that immediate. You just... I, People need to see each other again. I think he just hadn't seen anyone in a while. He forgot. <laughs> All interaction is is fight worthy. So he just goes, you want to fight, man? You want to fight? Uh, to which I said, uh, no. You know, obviously, look at me. I'm not. It's not what I'm going to do. But I just think that that's amazing. And everyone should take that home with them, that New York is so progressive that a man who wanted to kick my ass Asked for my consent first. Nice? <laughs> he, he was like, you know, I, I want to kill you, but uh, I'm going to need an enthusiastic yes. And um, the uh, funniest part about it was I was on the phone with my therapist talking about my own anger issues. So look at me. I'm yelling. Here I am. I just got done telling you that I don't, I don't actually do all that yelling shit. And I was yelling at my therapist as this guy, you know, hit my foot with his scooter and then asked me if I wanted to fight, maybe I should have done it. Maybe that would have gotten it out of my system. I'd yeah. feel a lot better. Let your therapist do uh, the whole thing. Yeah, well, my <laughs> therapist was scared. And uh, it was just funny to just go back, you know, because it was like 10 minutes into the hour. So he heard me just be like, go fuck yourself. You fucking <laughs> back and forth. And then I was like, anyway, I've just been meditating a lot, I guess. And... Uh, Once again, that was Dan Wilbur. We ended up talking a lot more in that interview about a lot of different things, and you can hear that now if you join Patreon, become a tizzler. That's as uh, little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash Michael Kent. I greatly appreciate your support in doing that, so I'm offering this special bonus episode as a thank you. Uh, Our next clip is from Amma Marfo. Amma is a speaker, comedian, and author, and she shared a funny story about being drunk at Disney World. So I will say first, I drew a little bit of inspiration from your set design, Michael, because I noticed that you have your Mickey hat in the background. 
So I got mine out because I need it for this story. I do. It's right here. So now we match. Nice. So I'm going to tell the story of how I learned about an unexpected bit of Disney magic, which Disney, as everybody knows, is notoriously regimented for how they run things. The parks are kept immaculately clean. There are pathways you have to walk. There are underground pathways, so those things don't intersect. But under the right circumstances, they will delay fireworks. And I will tell you how I learned that. So I'm going to use the map behind me <laughs> up a little bit as a visual aid. So I went for the Food and Wine Festival. Uh, so one of the best times to go to Disney, if you've never been, they basically allow adults to wander at various levels of drunkenness through the park over the course of the day. And I had gone with a group of friends and one got a bit more drunk than we originally anticipated. So we had to deal with that over the course of the day. A thing that I find important to the story, which that person at the time did not find important, but I think it's very important is that he was wearing shape-ups. Now, if you remember shape-ups from around 10 years ago, Skechers decided that rather than making people exercise <laughs> around the front of your shoe and the process of walking in a rounded front shoe would tone your calves. So no additional work, just a different shoe. <laughs> and as we came to learn, they're not safe for drunk people. Here's how we figured that out. So for the purposes of this illustration, I'm going to use this map to represent Epcot. I'll talk you through it. Stay with me. <laughs> so here, we're going to say, is where we were. At the base of World Showcase, around where the fireworks go off over World Showcase Lagoon. It is my favorite fireworks show. It no longer runs. I cry about one in three times when I watch it, and sometimes I'll just watch it on YouTube for fun. So it was very important to me that we make it to the point where we got to see fireworks. The rest of the day was almost secondary. And by the time we made our full loop around World Showcase, had nearly circumnavigated the globe, as it were, I could tell that my friend who was in the shape-ups was too drunk because he was starting to rock over the front of his shoes. So we're walking <laughs> and I just had to keep, like, you know the dad save that you do with someone in the passenger seat? I had to keep putting my arm out so he didn't tip over. So we sat, World Showcase Lagoon, like half an hour before fireworks started. If you want to get a good spot, they're very hard to get. And he said, I have to go to the bathroom. Now we're in our mid twenties. So I took a split second to think, should I accompany this grown man to the bathroom? And then I said, no, it's fine. So I pointed him to where the closest one was. So on this map, if we're in Florida, let's say the closest bathroom was roughly Colorado. <laughs> so, we sent him to the bathroom and we don't see him for like 20 minutes. And we could see where he was going. It wasn't that far. And then so for 20 minutes for him to be gone was very odd. So we're calling him on a cell phone and this is 2010. So cell phones weren't super sophisticated. You weren't texting anybody. It was just, you keep calling until somebody answers you. So he calls and says, I'm over by test track. So on this map, Florida, Colorado. Test track is roughly Maine. We don't know how he got over there. We don't know how, like we didn't see him go. So we walk all the way over to test track. He's not there either. And so then we're still calling him, still calling him. And he does finally pick up the phone 
and says, hey, I'm at guest services, Alaska. I'm at guest services, but you have to come get me because, and then the phone mumbles. And then somebody else comes on the phone and says, he's at guest services, you have to come get him. So we go to Alaska. Oh, no. And he is face down on the ground in front of guest services, like someone was preparing to draw chalk around him, like just <laughs> out. And we had to talk to uh, the people who found him and we're like, hey, what happened? And as it was explained to me, he went to go to the bathroom over by test track. Just even though we told him, go to the one where we can see you, he remembered a different one and went there. A Disney cast member who saw him essentially weaving as he was walking, was following him to make sure he was okay. He got freaked out that he was being followed and started <laughs> running. And then at, in the process of running, back to the rounded shoe, rocked all the way over the front of the shoe oh, and no. just timbered like a tree. Oh, no. And if you're willing to scroll all the way back through my Instagram account, it is the second Instagram picture I ever took and you will see his face. It does not look like he tried to stop himself from falling in any way. Like he oh, took no. the full force of that fall with his face. <laughs> oh my God. So somehow managed to make it back to guest services. And I was told by the security people there, Either we will get an ambulance to take him home or you have to take him. So after all of this work, I did not get to see the fireworks. Oh. But then we found out the next day from a friend of ours that worked in the parks, like something had happened and then fireworks started late. Again, they never do this. But if they have to bring an ambulance into the park, they will halt everything. Oh so my if there's God. a parade going, it will stop. If there are other things going on, it'll stop. And if there's fireworks going on, it'll stop. So they brought the ambulance in preparing to take him. So we stopped fireworks and he was almost the first emergency transport of that food and wine festival of that particular year. So if ever you're at Disney and the fireworks get delayed, someone had to be taken out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's a little bit of insider backstage info mm -hmm. that you have. Yes. Unbelievable. That was Ama Marfo, and you can hear that entire conversation, which was much longer. Uh, you know, she was just awesome. Uh, I always enjoy talking to Ama. Uh, you can hear all that on Joke Story Trick. That's patreon.com slash Michael Kent. You can join today for just a dollar a month, and it's the best way to show your support for this podcast. Our final story for this episode comes from one of my best friends in the world, Jonathan Burns. Jonathan is a comedian. He does a lot of physicality in his comedy, and one of the things he does, I got to tell you about this, He's done this on late night TV shows and basketball halftime shows and all kinds of places. He ends his whole show with him removing his tidy whities without taking his pants off. It's a hilarious bit. People go nuts when he does it. Here's Jonathan telling a story about a procedure he had in the hospital. Uh, so, I, you know, I have I have a wonderful family, a lovely wife, uh, two daughters. My wife and I have been together for 20 years. Uh, our daughters are currently seven and four, almost uh, eight and five. And... Uh, like, I, yeah, I don't like to brag, but last year for Father's Day, I was voted number one dad, you know, <laughs> uh, so I had the socks to prove it. So uh, it, it, it's my wife always wanted a big family, but we, we've noticed like two of there's two of us. There's two of them. We can kind of work one on one. Um, you know, I can help Charlotte with her math while she gives Lydia a bath. And it's 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 the perfect scenario. We travel a lot in the summer. She's off um, being a teacher. She's off in the summers. And I travel a lot in the summers, so typically uh, we get to travel. We've been all over the world together. Um, it's great because we have we fit easily in a car, four of us. It's, yeah. it's great. So we decide 
maybe this is the perfect size family. Um, and so we're like talking about what options we have. And we're like, well, I said, you know, since you gave birth, you know, what's one more surgery. And then she scheduled a consult for me for the urologist. <laughs> so, uh, I, I go, I, I, I go to the urologist. I, I just, you know, ex explain like I'm interested in, you know, possibly getting a, a vasectomy and, uh, you know, it's, it's all kind of giggly. Like for, I, I feel like everyone's like looking at you and, and giggling, like it's still middle school, but yeah. it's all, it's all in my head. Uh, they go through it every day and it's whatever. Sure. So uh, they take me into the room and then like the nurse asked me a bunch of questions. Then the doctor comes in and asks me the exact same questions, which I never get why they do that. Like if we're, if we're going to have like wildly variant answers uh, for what they say. But so we, we go and I go and I, they, uh, he's like, well, I'm going to have you watch a video. He explained a little bit about the surgery. He's like, I'm going to have you watch this video. And uh, they wheel in this like TV cart from middle school <laughs> in and it's got, you know, the big TV on top and he puts in a VHS tape and I, I sit there and watch this 10 minute, uh, 10 minute vasectomy video, which is so terrible and hilarious. I, I really wish my wife was there. I ended up like filming part of it on my phone just so she could see it. Um, it's like, it, it's like early nineties. There's the dad's like flipping burgers by the pool in like really short shorts. Um, <laughs> like my, my cell phone can make better graphics than they have <laughs> yeah. in this whole video. And like the acting's terrible. Like at one point they asked the doc, like he asked the doctor a question. And as the doctor's explaining a, a little bit about the surgery, he just goes, <clears throat> and they left all of that in. <laughs> it, it's, it, there's so many, like so many hilarious, funny things throughout. Um, so I actually, I, I did look today on YouTube for that video and I did find a link so we can <gasps> share that with the, the, if anyone is interested. Yes. I do, I do not recommend Googling vasectomy on YouTube. There's a lots oh, of graphic yeah. Uh, yeah. videos that you don't need, especially when you're <laughs> looking at lunch like I did. Um, so uh, before, uh, before you leave, they, they, you know, they give you the paperwork and they give you a little bag with two cups in it. You know? And I did like a little look inside and I was like, I think I ordered the venti. You know, nothing. Got nothing from her. So uh, I'm not. A, I'm not a huge fan of procedures. I've I've had you know little minor things throughout my life, but uh, I, I don't have a problem with pain. It's more. It's more about procedures. When I know something's like happening to me, I get very lightheaded. Like in college, I had. Um, I got a, my ear pierced up here, and I had my roommate uh, change out the earring. And when he was trying to put a hoop in, he was putting it through there. And like, he couldn't find the other side of it. So he was just kind of, you know, eking it through my ear and I could just, I didn't, it didn't hurt, but I could tell like it was just moving around and like inside there, like he was, mm. you know, really wrenching at it to try to get it through there. And I ended up passing out because it oh, just, wow. just cause I knew like, I'm the, still it was, on the, something creepy about I'm it. I'm still on the idea of you having an earring. Yeah, <laughs> it was. I got one up here. You know, I was wild and crazy. It's college. Come on. Um, I was with Lauren at the time. She hated it. She actually landed on me at one point, and it got infected. And she was like, "Good." <laughs> she was so. She was so happy. It was gone. Um, so. So I, I schedule, we schedule the surgery. Uh, my wife comes with me. She wants to, you know, make sure if there's anything that I need uh, while I'm there. So I, I go back by myself though. I'm in like the pre-op where, you know, you take, take your clothes off, put the gown on, put on the, the little paper hat, all that kind of stuff. And, 
And they asked if I wanted to keep my glasses on. I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I will, because it just helps with, with seeing, you know, when I'm around or whatever. Um, and then uh, I, I hear, like, they have the curtain closed, but I hear, like, the, this one sassy nurse kind of walking back and forth. She's, like, taking a patient uh, back to surgery. And I just hear her go, oh, honey, you're going to hate this. And then she just laughs, <laughs> oh, no. like, giggling. And I'm like, oh, what's going on out there? Oh, no. Just real sassy, hilarious, like, perfect sitcom nurse. Um so she comes, she comes to get me, puts me in the wheelchair. She's going to wheel me down to surgery, just kind of explaining a few things. And I ask her about, like, what was it with well, that last guy? And she's like, well, he said he didn't like knives or, or needles. And she's <laughs> like, he came to the wrong place. <laughs> like, just real, <laughs> real, like, comical, silly. It was great. Like, I just, I loved her. I just let her talk the whole time. Um, so they take me back to this white uh, sterile room uh, and like no one's none of like the surgeon or like the uh, nurses are making any eye contact the um, the, the you know the sassy ladies like getting me all set up they kind of sprawl me out and you're sort of set up kind of crucifixion style uh, <laughs> oh, no. on, on the table they're laying some blankets over me kind of exposing the area nobody seems to care like they're just kind of doing their thing you know swabbing you up getting you all ready to go um and so i i i lay back uh and the nurse like that that took me in the sassy lady is sitting up by my head and she's kind of just trying i'm here to keep you calm we'll just kind of chat and we'll have a little bit of small talk and the doctor you know he he mentions okay i'm about to make the incision and i you know i'm getting a little nervous i'm getting a little more and more like tense and then the the, the sassy nurse looks at me and goes wait a minute Ain't you that guy who takes his undies <laughs> off? <laughs> what? <laughs> and I was like, uh, like I was, I was, uh, <laughs> I, I forgot all about the surgery. Uh, what? And uh, she is the best nurse uh, in the world. <laughs> and that is my absolute um, favorite place that I've ever I, been recognized. I have to tell you, um, I have had. I think three guests tell stories now on the show before you about yeah. being recognized as a famous person. Yeah. And every time someone starts to tell a story about being recognized, I'm like, all right, that's cool. Cause it's, it's not nearly as interesting usually as the audience as it is, but that one is amazing. <laughs> uh, I was, I, I was, it, I, yeah, it was great. It, like it, it took any worry, any like any any kind of trepidation out of my head. It just blew right out, and that's all I could think about is how funny. Like I need to write this all down immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, that was Jonathan Burns. You can see all of the episodes in their entirety by joining Patreon. This episode was a special bonus episode as part of a patron drive. Become a tizzler today by going to patreon.com slash Michael Kent and showing your support for The Internet Says It's True and all of the other work that I produce. I thank you greatly, and I look forward to seeing you on Patreon. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>